you remember the meme with Bernie Sanders that went viral earlier this year? Uh, it's not a political sermon, believe me. Okay, But I think you know what I'm talking about, right? It was Inauguration Day, and uh, everybody who was a, a fan or a supporter of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they were there to celebrate as our new president took office. And, and even those who were just supporters of democracy and the ideals of democracy, they were there to, to celebrate the, the peaceful transfer of power. And everybody was dressed for the occasion. Right? The men were wearing these nice like slick, clean, well-pressed suits with these bold ties. Women came dressed in, in very practical but elegant skirts and dresses in these vibrant colors. Everyone was there because it was a celebration and they were treating it as a celebration, dressed for the occasion. And then a photographer spotted Bernie. And he's sitting there in that drab khaki-colored winter coats and those wool mittens that may have kept his hands warm but were certainly not a fashion statement, although ironically they may now be one. And since that day, when that photographer captured that moment of Bernie sitting there he has been photoshopped into numerous imaginative scenes with hilarious captions attached. The internet exploded with them. I think I cycled through about 160 of them the other day, and I'm sure that's just scratching the surface of all the ones that were out there. Because, and we all know why Bernie was dressed the way that he was. It was cold in Washington, D.C. that day. And yet, with the celebration that was taking place, he seemed out of place. And it wasn't just his attire, it was also his demeanor and his body language that kind of made it look like he might rather be anywhere else but there. It was a little bit unsettling almost. It, it was very much out of place. Today we come to our celebration of Palm Sunday. And so for us as Christians, for believers who follow after Jesus, today is special. It is a celebration and we want to make it feel like a celebration. We encouraged visible, exuberant joy as we came in with the Palm Processional this morning. Some of the hymns that we're going to sing today, for, for some of you, they may bring a smile to your face. They may make you even that much more excited to sing. We celebrate today because Jesus rode into Jerusalem as a triumphant king. But I wonder... If there was a modern-day photographer there on that day, that day of celebration, would they have been able to capture an image of something or someone that seemed out of place? Would they have been able to capture an image of some kind of activity that was just a little bit unsettling with the celebration that surrounded it? And today as we see the out-of-place 
actions and activities on this Palm Sunday, the first Palm Sunday, it'll teach us. And it'll encourage us in our life of faith. Jesus clearly demonstrated that he was a king. As he rode into Jerusalem, certainly a king who came with humility, he came with mercy, he came with gentleness. But no doubt about it, he was a king. He purposely rode in on a donkey, just like Israel's greatest king of their history, David, and his sons had done riding on donkeys. People would make the connection. And they did. They went and they ripped those palm branches off of the surrounding trees. They spread them before the path in front of Jesus. They waved them in the air. And Luke tells us, when they came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. As the the people around them wave those palm branches, a symbol of national unity, a symbol of victory, a symbol of the honor due a king, then his followers, these people, men and women who had sat at his feet and had learned from him and listened to him, they too celebrated, they rejoiced in who they believed Jesus to be, the king sent from God. It was a tremendous celebration. You can just imagine the excitement and the energy that was coursing and pulsating through the disciples, their hearts and their bodies as they approached and got nearer to the city of Jerusalem and, and all these people coming for the festival that was taking place. And then, against that backdrop of emotion and excitement, there was another emotion that was present. Luke records for us, as he, that's Jesus, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. As Jesus came to this city, full of people, full of, full of God's people. He wept. Amidst all of the celebration, all of the joy, all of the excitement, Jesus weeps. And why did he weep? Jesus said this, he said, if you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. He wept not for the buildings, not for the temple. He wept for the people. He wept for the souls in that city. He wept for those souls who didn't know peace. Jesus weeps when people don't know peace. He he wept for those souls who wouldn't know peace because they refused to accept him as the king that he was. 
the king sent from God. He wept for what he knew would soon come about and soon commence in that city because of their outright, utmost rejection of him. But he didn't weep because of the suffering and the pain that it would cause for him. He wept because they wouldn't trust that he suffered it for them. They didn't know peace. And Jesus desperately wanted them to know peace. His compassion overflowed in emotion as he thought about those people. Because Jesus weeps when people don't know peace. Would Jesus weep today? Would Jesus weep as he approached America? Our cities? Our culture? Our lifestyles? Our desperate searching and longing for something more, but we haven't found it? Would Jesus weep as he approached the city of Houston or the community of Siena? Would he weep as he walked down the sidewalk that leads to your front door? Would he weep because you don't know peace? Because you don't have peace in your heart? I think our world is desperately searching for peace. I think people desperately want to have peace in their hearts And do you know how I know that? Springfield, Missouri. Atlanta, Georgia. Boulder, Colorado. People are longing for peace. I know it because of the people with whom I've spoken this week whose hearts are aching, whose hearts are are torn up inside because of frustration or anger or anxiety or fear or guilt. I know that people are desperately searching for peace because of the people who have wept before me. Would Jesus weep because he knows that that there is a peace that can soothe and can heal your hearts, but, but you don't know it. You haven't received it. You haven't enjoyed that peace that can truly be yours. Jesus longs for you to know that peace. He desperately wants you to embrace it with joy. And while we seek peace in so many different places, in so many different ways, it really frustrates us when we can't find it. When it's not there, when when peace seems to be incredibly elusive for our hearts and our lives. But maybe it's because we're searching for peace in the wrong places. You know, we fight for so much We think that so much will will actually matter. So much will actually make a difference in our lives. 
we, we fight so that we can, we can say what we want to say or, or we fight so that we can, we can live the way that we want to live and we can force other people to accept it. Or maybe we just think that if we get in the right relationship with, with the right person, the person who's never going to hurt us, never going to turn their backs on us, never going to upset us, never going to anger us, then maybe we'd have peace. Those things, they so often fail to bring true peace to our hearts. And we're frustrated. Peace feels elusive and hidden. Like Jesus said, it was hidden from their eyes. Maybe sometimes peace is hidden from your eyes. But the truth is, peace doesn't come from politics. It doesn't come from from blaming one group of people for all the problems in your life, for all the problems in the world. It doesn't come from from living the way that you want to live and and being able to to force and pass legislation and rules that are going to allow others or are going to force others to allow you to be who you want to be or are going to allow you to say what you want to say. That doesn't bring peace. In fact, it's for some of those very reasons that we don't have peace. That peace is, is so elusive in our lives because sometimes it is our actions that are out of place. Sometimes it's our actions and our attitudes that are unsettling with what surrounds us. You know, God has created this wonderful, beautiful, incredible world. And he has shown his grace and his love and all of the good and gracious gifts that he has given to us. And then we grumble and complain and whine. That's out of place. God has embedded in each human soul an incredible and impressive value as he has created them in his own image. And when we don't value it the same, when we don't respect and recognize that value in each and every human being, that that is out of place. When we fight and we demand for so much, when we don't cherish and value with every fiber of our being the the children that God has entrusted into our care and placed in our homes as a tremendous and incredible blessing to us, that is out of place. Say, such things, they rob us of peace. When every single day that we live this life, it should be a joyful celebration of God and His goodness. Every day we could live to bring glory to God in the highest. But we don't. And it robs us of peace. But not only does Jesus weep for people who don't know peace, But Jesus also comes to bring peace. 
He comes to bring a peace that is far better than any other peace that has ever been offered to us. He comes to bring the incredible peace reuniting us with our God. He comes as this King, full of humility yet eager to serve, eager to to humble Himself and go to the cross and sacrifice His life for us. Those actions that we're going to see the rest of this week as we launch into Holy Week, aren't those actions so out of place that our God, the immortal one, would be hoisted up on a tree, bound there by iron to die. So out of place. So out of place is going to be the celebration that we're going to have next week that we're going to see as there is this experience of joy, exuberant joy outside of a burial site. Because Jesus, our King, has risen from the dead. He is alive again so that we can know peace. So out of place, but that's why Jesus comes. He comes to bring peace. And it is signed and sealed by these events that are going to follow after this day of Palm Sunday. Rejoice in the peace that you know. Rejoice in the miracles that you have seen. Luke records that the the disciples, as they were following Jesus on Palm Sunday, they began to, to shout for joy. They sang these praises to God because of the miracles that they had seen. Because they had seen Jesus heal people of their diseases. Drive out demons. Moved by his compassion to feed thousands upon thousands. To open the eyes of the blind, to allow the the lame to run and leap, the, the mute to speak, the deaf to hear. These incredible miracles. For which those disciples, they rightly praised God, yet they had seen nothing yet. Consider the miracle of God Himself dying on the tree. Consider the miracle of all of your sins, all of your guilt, all of that placed on Him there at the cross so that it is not yours to carry, but He carried it for you. Consider the miracle of Easter Sunday morning. And Jesus' glorious resurrection from the dead. He is not here. He has risen. He is alive again. Those disciples, they hadn't seen anything yet, but they were going to. They were going to see some incredible miracles. All so that they could know peace. And a peace that comes from nowhere else but Jesus Jesus and only Jesus. Jesus is that one. Jesus is that relationship, that person who will never hurt us, never turn his back on us, never abandon us, but always come with his peace. And it is that peace that you now have the opportunity to proclaim. Our modern-day photographer, he could have captured another image of some unsettling actions and attitudes that were very out of place 
on Palm Sunday, Luke tells us some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. These Pharisees, they were offended by the celebration. They were offended by the words of Jesus' followers. In essence, they told them, shut up. We don't want to hear it. You ever feel like the world is telling us to shut up? You feel like the the world is maybe offended by by believers and Christians and their attitudes and actions. We can joyfully proclaim the peace that Jesus brings. Jesus said to those Pharisees, He said, I tell you the truth, even if they stop praising me, even if they stop proclaiming my name, then the stones themselves will cry out. Jesus' people proclaim peace. His people proclaim peace, but but let's make sure that that's what we're proclaiming. Dear friends, my brothers and sisters, let's make sure that if the world is going to get offended by what we say, it's for the right reason. Let's make sure that they are offended because we are proclaiming the peace of our King Jesus, that we are saying, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord and nothing else. Let's make sure that they are not offended because with my words, I'm making it clear with whom I stand politically, but not spiritually. Not with my King Jesus. Let's make sure, let it be because, not because of the parenting techniques or approaches that we look down upon, but because we proclaim peace in Jesus. Let it not be because with my language I fall into some stereotypes or bigotry that hurt, but because I proclaim the peace of my King Jesus who is for everyone. Christians are at their best when they proclaim the peace that Jesus brings. And so let's say to this world, let's say, even if they're going to be offended by it, let's say, let me tell you about my King Jesus. He brings us peace. His compassion leads him to weep when you don't know that peace. And he himself has come to bring you peace. And it is for that that we shout out, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. The King who comes to bring peace. God's people proclaim peace. So let's not be the ones who are out of place today. Let's not have Jesus weep over us because we don't know the peace that He brings. Let's receive it, enjoy it, celebrate it. Cherish that peace that he has come to bring and then let's proclaim that peace to our world. The peace of Jesus, our King. Amen.